amen. Amen. In Acts chapter 28, verse 1 through 6, this is a story about a man named Paul. It says this, Once we were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. The people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. Paul was on a ship with some people, and it, it's, it's just like Titanic 1. Point, I was going to say 2.0, but this was before the Titanic. So the ship crashes. They're floating on pieces of wood. They finally make it to land, and they see these people there. Verse 3 says, As Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake, driven out by the heat, bit him on the hand. The people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, A murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. But Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. The people waited for him to swell up and suddenly dropped dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided he was a god. Uh, about three weeks ago, I was at uh, a restaurant that I like to go, and uh, again, the whole dynamic of restaurants has completely changed, and so I'm sitting there, and I'm really just in awe of how this restaurant had adapted to everything. Uh, as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking about uh, even just the condition of humanity and how humanity has adapted to all the different things that were presented uh, this past year. I think about my kid uh, who is uh, no longer in school but at home now on her computer and how they have adapted. I think about the gyms that went from meeting inside to parking lots and how they have adapted. I think about people that hated wearing masks but now get rhinestones and put it on their mat and they've adapted. Um, We've all adapted, and, and if I'm honest, even looking at my life, I've adapted very, very well. Uh, for some of us, you know, you could say the same thing. You learned to adapt. Some of you guys are professional adapters. If Radio Shack was still open, you would be the number one sold adapter. And, and as I was thinking about this past year, I thought, wow, this is absolutely amazing how we have learned how to adapt. But as I started thinking about what I was expecting to see this year, my greatest concern was how we learned how to adapt. You may be saying, why is that, why is that such a concern? You see, in this story, it's interesting. Paul gets bit by a very poisonous snake. Apparently so poisonous, the people are standing around waiting for him to drop dead. But what's unique about Paul in this moment is that Paul does not adapt to the snake's bite. The snake's bite adapts to Paul. I want to say that one more time. The poison of this snake, Paul did not adapt to. It was the poison of the snake that adapted to Paul. My concern is that we learn how to adapt so well in 2020 that we might accidentally, this year, adapt to things that God was calling you for those things to adapt to you. And, 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 and I, and I, cause I've seen in my life, I've been so, so just laid back, whatever presents itself, I've learned how to adapt, and God was reminding me, Andrew, did you forget who you were? There are still things that I have called to adapt to what you carry on the inside of you. 
Some of us, now we're presented with sickness and we've learned to adapt. Some of us, our relationships are falling down the drain and we've learned to adapt. Some of us are dealing with fear and anxiety and we just learn to adapt to those things. But I am here to remind every single one of you that those things should be adapting to you. They should be adapting to you. Paul was bitten by this snake. Everyone's like, you're a murderer. But the poison adapts to Paul. And those people look at Paul and they're thinking, this man is a god. I'd ask myself, Andrew, when was the last time an unbeliever looked at your life and said, wow, he is like a god. I had to be honest, most unbelievers wouldn't even want to trade their life for your life. But God is trying to say, I need that narrative to change this year. I need that narrative to ch I need my church, not the four walls. He needs you to walk in such an authority that people around you will start looking, thinking, how in the world did they not adapt to that? How did that adapt to them? You should walk into a room and sickness freak out when you walk into the room because you carry something so great in your life. They looked at Paul and they said, this man is a god. It's absolutely crazy because from this moment, Paul goes and prays for one guy. He gets healed. And then this entire island gets healed and delivered and apparently is believing in Jesus. It's incredible to see what happened in that moment. And I believe that this year, 2021... I'm telling you, I believe that the harvest is ready. I believe there are people right now looking to see, does the church have any power? I think they're looking to see, does the church offer something that the news is not offering? And I'm here to tell you, Paul, Paul knew some things that I believe you and I need to know. What did Paul know that I don't know? If we're going to not adapt to everything that gets presented to us. We're going to have to know these three things. The first thing that we see that Paul knows is that Paul knew God's Word. Paul knew God's Word. If, 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 if you're going to be a person that stands their ground, that does not adapt to whatever life presents, themself, presents itself to you, you're going to have to know God's Word In Acts chapter 27, verse 23 through 25, it says this, and this is Paul. He's, he's letting the people know what happened just a few nights before. He says, for last night, an angel uh, of the God to whom I belong and to whom I serve stood beside me. And he said to me, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What, what's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God, it will be just as he said. Paul knew something that those other people did not know. When Paul was bitten by that poisonous snake and everybody was waiting for him to die, Paul, in that moment, I guarantee you, reminded himself what God had already said just a few days ago, that Paul, you will stand before Caesar. That may mean nothing to you, but Caesar was not on that island. So Paul knew this is not where my story ends. If you're going to learn to not adapt to things that present themselves to you, the pain, the confusion, the sickness, the poverty, the fear, the, whatever keeps you up at night, if you don't want to adapt to that, you're going to have to know what God says about that. And if you don't, 
by nature and default, you will adapt to whatever life presents itself to you. But Paul knew God's word. I got to remind myself, I'm sure when Paul was standing there and everyone's like, yo, he's going to die. In the back of Paul's head, he's thinking, I know something that you don't know. I know your circumstance may look crazy and people may have something to say about that, but you can look at them and say, I know something you don't know. This year, if we are going to be overcomers, we are going to have to know God's Word. We're going to have to have a relationship with God's Word. We're going to have to open up our Bible and turn the TV off even for 10 minutes just to figure out what God has to say about what is going on. I'm telling you, you will not find God's Word on any news station, on any radio station. You will not find it on the commercials. You are going to have to be super intentional if you don't want to adapt to everything that presents itself. You're going to have to be very intentional that I will know God's word. I was house-sitting for my mother-in-law and father-in-law. I love house-sitting because I get to eat all Pastor Randy's food. I'm like, I look at my wife, I'm like, no more Winco chicken. I get some filet me up. I'm just so excited about it. I'm eating all these steaks. Nothing wrong with Winco chicken. I love Winco chicken. But Pastor Randy has some good food in there, and, uh, and I ate all of it, so I love how sin for him. I get to use all his stuff. I spray his cologne on. I smell like Pastor Randy. It's awesome. I didn't spray it today because I thought he would be here. I didn't want him to smell me and know that I got into his cologne jar, but it's, it's okay. But, but what's, what's so cool is, is these are the pastors of our church, but I walk in their house, and everywhere I'm walking, I see God's Word. I, I see God's word on their mirrors. I see God, God's word on their, on, their, on their walls. I see God's word all over the place. And I'm reminding myself, Andrew, you need to keep it in front of you, man. Because when a snake shows up, you need to know not where you think you stand, but where God stands. And that's why you need to know God's word. Paul knew God's word, and it empowered him to not adapt to the snake bite. The second thing that Paul knew, and I like this point, Paul knew how to shake it off. Paul knew how to shake it off. You may be saying, you know, what, is, what, what does that even mean? Do I need to do the Harlem shake when problems present themselves? No, we'll let Sterling do that, but we're just kidding, Sterling. I love Sterling. Acts 28, verse 5, it says this, but Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. Paul knew how to shake it off. When snake bites present themselves in your life this year, because guess what? We're not in heaven yet. Snakes are going to show up. It's a part of life. But just because they're a part of life, Jesus said, be of good cheer. I've overcome it of its power to harm you. So it's, it's okay. If snake bites present, it's, it's okay. But you're going to have to learn how to shake it off. What I see a lot of times is, is, is we're not good at shaking things off. Troubles present themselves. And then we post about it on Facebook about everything we're going through. We're not shaking it off. You can't get sympathy and find healing for the same trouble. You're going to have to determine, am I going to keep it on or am I going to shake it off? And, and there, you, you have to make this decision. If you don't want to adapt to the poison, you're going to have to learn how to shake it Ah, we can't keep it hanging on our arms any longer. I got I to shake it off. The snake bit me, yes, but I'm going to shake it off. How do we shake it off? One of the most powerful things that you possess are your words. Before words were ever used to communicate, they were used to create. God said, let 
there be light. God used his words to do a lot of damage, a lot of good damage. It was incredible to see. And you and I were made in the image and likeness of God. Your words are powerful. The Bible says that life and death are in the power of your tongue. It's in your words. Your words are so powerful. When something bites you that's not part of God's plan, you're going to have to learn how to speak to that situation in that moment. When sickness starts to present symptoms, instead of leaving the snake on your hand, I know this doesn't seem normal, but nothing about getting bit by a poisonous snake and surviving is normal. Nothing about God is normal, but this is what's going to attract unbelievers to your life. When, when, when a snake presents itself, and you get bit. Your kid says, I want nothing to do with God. You got to shake it off. When, when, when a doctor's diagnosis comes in that you weren't anticipating, you're going to have to learn to shake it off. When, when, when that anxiety attack happens, you're going to have to learn how to, how to shake it off. How do I shake it off? I got to use my words. You are not the end of my story. I got to use my words. I got to learn how to speak to these problems. Your words are powerful. They're so powerful. Instead of speaking, we sit there thinking about what the odds are of our survival rate. We sit there Googling, well, what are the chances that I die from COVID if I get it? Rather than having the Word of God in you to speak to any fear that would ever try to present itself to you. God's Word is powerful. When you speak it, it can change the game for you. I can hear someone at home right now sipping their cup of coffee saying, well, I spoke and nothing happened. You know, I spoke and, and nothing happened right away. And, and you know, I, 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 I've been there. Where I've spoken, it just seemed like, well, nothing happened right away. When I, when I had this thought the other day, God reminded me of a story in the Bible. I believe it's in Mark chapter 11. Jesus is walking with his disciples, and uh, he sees this, like, little leafy tree. So he runs over it to see if there's any fruit on it. And when he gets there, there is no fruit on the tree. So he curses the fig tree. You know this. So he curses the fig tree. This is a whole other message, but I believe this year... For us, we have to, we, we can't be content with looking the part but having no fruit in our life. Because if, 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 if this was a big deal to Jesus, I think a lot of times, for me, I'm like, you know what? I learned in 2020 how to look leafy for everybody, but I have zero fruit in my life. Unbelievers are looking for fruit. They are hungry, and they are looking for something that can nourish them. We should carry something on our lives this Year Jesus curses the fig tree, and they continue to move on. This is one of the accounts. There's different accounts of the story. They, they're moving on. The next day, it says they come by. The disciples heard him when he cursed the fig tree, so they walk by that same fig tree, and they are in awe. They're like, Jesus, the tree you curse, it's, it's withered from the roots up. What I know about roots is that you don't always see roots at face value. Roots are beneath the ground. And some of your problems that you are up against, the root of them are spiritual problems. The root of the things that you are up against are spiritual problems. And when you declared your word, can I tell you, it didn't look like anything happened in the natural, but at the root system, something was happening. And you cannot get discouraged because there are angels right now fighting in the realm that you cannot see. I was thinking about this word, greater things. I was joking with someone. They said, well, some pastor really missed it. Or, or, or did he miss it? Or did something actually happen the, the moment that word went forth? But it happened at the roots. Could we be seeing something this year that had already started a year ago? I want to encourage that mom that's believing for your kids right now. 
your kids that are dealing with the same addictions you have dealed with for years. Your words are working. I, can, I, I don't hear it, but I'm sure there's an angel fighting a demon in the realm that you can't see that is saying, Mama, do not stop believing. That demon is about to lose the hold on your family forever. Do not throw in the towel because something is happening at the roots. You got to speak what's not happening. No, it is happening. God's word will not return void. Go read the book of Daniel. Daniel prayed for an answer. He prayed for an answer, and nothing showed up for 21 days. 21 days later, the angel says, hey, Daniel, here's your answer. Oh, by the way, on day one, we actually started bringing the answer, but there is some, some dark power trying to hold it up in the realm that you can't see. But Daniel, hey, thanks for not giving up because here is your answer. Do not be discouraged if you do not see your words causing things to change in that moment because things are happening at the root of it. And when it happens at the root of it, let me tell you something. I pulled weeds before. I'm a Latino. Come on now. I pulled, I pulled, I pulled and my mom makes it very clear. You better pull the roots out or else they're going to grow back. God is dealing with the roots because he does not need that to rise back up in your life down the road. He's trying to deal with that problem once and for all. Keep speaking. When you speak, you shake it off. You shake, when, when problems present, they shake it off. You got it. You have to take a stand. I remember it was around this time three years ago, my wife and I rushed our kid to the emergency room. We didn't know what to expect, but when we got there, everyone was taken. It, was, it seemed really serious, and so, you know, you don't know anything. You're not a doctor, so we're kind of just going with the flow. We're signing papers. We're signing all these waivers, and if anything happens to her, we're not holding them responsible, and I'm just going with the flow, there's about eight doctors around the bed. They attach her to these breathing machines, and they're about to rush her to some other room where they need to get her in. And, and I remember just looking at my wife like, well, let's just go with the flow. But there was something on the inside of me. There was something right here that knew, Andrew, you don't adapt to this situation. You better, you better say something right now where you stand. And I, I think a lot of times in life, we leave that snake dangling in our hands so long until that poison runs so deep, and then we wonder why the miracle didn't happen. We should have spoke to it a lot sooner. And I'm not saying that God can't bring things back to life. I'm just saying sometimes it's, it's easier to deal with the symptom than it is the problem when it shows up down the road. The doctors are ready to run. They're ready to go. They're ready to move. And they look like they're in a hurry, and I'm a nobody. I just went there in my PJs, but I grabbed that hospital bed. I grabbed it. I said, guys, I said, I know you're in a hurry. I just, but I, I have to pray real quick. And I remember declaring things over my daughter's physical body and that, because I, do, I don't know where we're about to go, but I know I got to shake this snake off before we move. And it was in that moment that we declared what we had to declare. And 21 days later, we left that hospital and now she's absolutely fine. But sometimes you can't leave the snake hanging. You got to speak to it in the moment. Shake it off. Paul knew how to shake it off. He knew how to shake it off. He knew God's word. And he knew how to shake it off. We're going to use our words this year. We are going to use our words this year. No more letting life present things to you and you sitting there saying, well, this is, must be it. No, we are not adapting to things that God has called to adapt to you. We're going to use our words this year. My last point, point number three, and the band can come up and help me. And um, it says this, uh, well, before I read it, the verse the third thing that we see in the story concerning Paul, what made Paul who he was? He, he knew God's word. He knew how to shake it off. And finally, number three, Paul knew who he was. 
He knew who he was. When, when he first gets bit in the story, you remember the people, the first thing they say is, this guy is a, he's a murderer. He's surely a murderer. And, and if I'm Paul, this is th- that, that statement's going to mess with me for a little bit. Why? Because in Acts 22, verse 4, Paul's telling his story to some people. And he says, I persecuted the followers of the way, hounding some to death, arresting both men and women and throwing them in prison. When those people looked at Paul, who had a snake dangling on his hand, the first thing they did was they called him a murderer. And Paul, in fact, according to everybody else, was absolutely a murderer. He was persecuting people that believed the way he now believes. And I think what's interesting is that Paul in this moment does not subside to what he may feel about himself, to what others may think about him. Paul locks in on who God says that he is. And I think one of the reasons why we don't even have the courage to speak or to shake it off, one of the reasons why we don't want to get to know God's word is because we don't even know who we are in God's eyes. So many times we live our life and we view ourselves through the lens that other people view us through. Can I tell you something? You are not what you feel. You are not what you feel. I know you feel a certain way, but you are not what you feel. You are not even what you think. You're not what the people around you say about you. You are not those things. In God's eyes, you are a child of God, and you are loved by God. Paul knew who he was. You can call me a murderer all you want, but I know who I am. Paul knew who he was, and because he knew who he was, he had the boldness to not yield to the snake bite, but rather to shake it off. We have to know who we are in God's eyes if we are going to have a fighting chance at not adapting to things this year. Do you know who you are? Do you know what God thinks about you? I know the angels do. The angels are absolutely in shock of how much God thinks about you. They, they don't even understand why God thinks so highly of you. It's insane. It's crazy. God is in awe of you. And I believe even in this place today, one of the things that I really felt like we needed to do, even as we uh, just are even not so much wrap up the service, so we are, but even just as an initiation of this first week is we, we need to declare some things. Like we have to declare some things. And, and, and the unique thing about declaring things by faith is that, is that it may, your situation may not line up to what you're about to say, but this is how your words are going to work. This is how faith works. The Bible says to call those things that be not as though they were. To call your physical well-being as though it should be. To call your family situation as it should be. Faith can speak to things, and all of a sudden things can change. But before we even say a word, I just need you in this moment, wherever you're watching from, to know who you are. And your past does not define you. Your your, your mistakes do not define you. What gives you confidence, what's going to give you power, has everything to do with what Jesus did for you. 
If Paul, a murderer, can walk in such great authority, I'm telling you, you and I can walk in such great authority. Paul knew who he was, and he knew who he wasn't. And in this moment today, I know for us in this room, you could even stand to your feet, but for you there at home, I've asked Tavo to sing this song. And and in essence, in this song, we're really talking about our words being the very tool that can be used to cause mountains to just go. And instead of sitting there talking about how big our problems are, even if they are really, really big, can I tell you that God's word is more powerful than what you're facing today? And, and I just think today we just need to draw the line in the sand and say, no, sickness, I'm not going to adapt to you. Poverty, I'm not going to adapt to you. Depression this year, I'm not going to adapt to you. Problems at home, I'm not going to adapt to you. Well, I know, but the snake's on. No, I'm going to shake it off, and I'm going to watch God do some miraculous things. Uh, Tavo, can you just start singing that as we do this? God, today by faith, we just declare that we are who you say that we are, that we are healthy and whole. God, that our families are strong and united. They're at home right now. I can't do the talking for your family, but you can. I can't do the talking for your physical well-being, but you can. God, today we declare your word, and we believe as your word goes forth that it will not return void. God, thank you for victory in every area of our life. Jesus, thank you for victory in every area of our life. We are victorious because of what you have done. God, you are so good, and today we speak your words. God, we speak your words even over this ministry, and we declare that greater things are to come. God, we speak your word over the Philippines, and we just declare that greater things are coming. God, you are good. You are faithful, God. No, I will lift my voice and sing. Oh, because this is how I move the mountain. Throw yourself into the sea. Declare your word today, God. Declare your goodness. Things you are changing, are God. Who you say you are. We will lift our voice. God, we believe it by faith declare that things are shifting right now. Declare your goodness. You are who you say you are. speak the mountains have to move or the mountain has to move oh when I lift my voice God darkness has to flee and the mountains have to move 
Really quick, right where you're at right now, if you're dealing with any physical issues in your life, I don't care what it is, I don't care if these issues have come on because of your own bad decision making, I want you just to put your hand right here, right on your heart, wherever you're, even if you're at home. I don't care if it's a cold, I don't care what it is, you put your hand right here and listen to me. When Adam made a mistake and let sin enter the world, the curse showed up. Sickness was permitted to do what it wanted to do. But when Jesus came here and he died on that cross, he fixed that broken system. You don't have to live with that anymore. Jesus didn't die just to get you to heaven. That's awesome. But Jesus also died for you to experience heaven on earth. And that sickness, I know you've adapted. I know you've learned how to cope with it. But there is healing in this moment available to you. And it's not because of me. It's not because of you. It's not because of you reading your chapter today or any of that. It is because the love of Jesus Christ fixed the sickness problem. I want you just to put your hand on your chest and say right now, say, sickness, you cannot live here anymore. Body, be healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That's it. That's it. You don't have to have a conversation with sickness. You don't have to ask God to heal you. My girls do not ask me for anything that already belongs to them. You don't have to ask him to heal you. He gave it to you when Jesus died on the cross. My, my kids, they weren't feeling well last night, and so we're there talking, and we're going to ask God to heal us. I said, no, 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 no. You, you, you don't ask me for anything that already belongs to you. I said, when a spider shows up in this room, what do you, what, what do we, we kill the spider. We don't leave it here. When sickness shows up, you speak to that thing and you tell it to go. You don't need anyone else to come do it for you. You speak to that spirit, you tell it to go. And that's what you did. So guess what? We talked about this a little bit earlier. Well, I feel the same. There's something happening in the root system. There's something happening in the root system. Do not forfeit your promise. It belongs to you. It belongs to you. I want to pray for some people. Not just pray. We're going to declare some things. Poverty is also something that Jesus broke. Jesus broke the back of poverty. And let me tell you, I know that this, and some people, that they think different things about poverty and prosperity, all those things. But I'll tell you this, being poor is not fun. Okay? It is not fun. I, I don't, and not because I can't learn to live with myself, because I'm going to tell you, when I was born, you don't want to know where I first went home to. Listen, listen, the reason why God wants you blessed is not just so you can go buy another car or bigger. He wants you blessed so you could be a blessing to other people. He wants you blessed so when you're standing in the grocery line, you can look at that person behind you and say, hey, I want to pay for your groceries today. God loves you. He wants you blessed so you can be a blessing. So if poverty is seeped in somewhere, then we're going to speak to that, and we're going to, we're, going to, we're going to speak to it, and we're going to declare God's word. So right now, right where you're at, maybe you're loaded with money. You don't have to participate in this, but go be a blessing to someone else. But for the rest of us that know, we could be a little more blessed to be a blessing to some people around us. Just put your hands right here, wherever you're at, even if you're at home, and just say right now, just say this, poverty, you have no place in my home. I am blessed to be a blessing to everyone around me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We don't, it don't have to be long. It don't have to be long. There was times where Jesus just looked at certain people that had a spiritual problem and say, go, and they would go. There was times where Jesus would just walk up and they would freak out and run by themselves. They'd just take off. You have been given an authority. You've been given an authority. 
There's some parents right now, your kids, they're acting up, want nothing to do with God. We're going to declare some things because God has promised you household salvation. That is your seed, and God will protect your seed. He has a promise for you and your family. Jeremiah 29, 11 says that God already has a plan. It's a good plan. Before you ever had them, God already had a plan. So instead of, out, instead of getting in fights with your kids today, put your hands right here. We're going to speak God's word over the situation. We're going, to let that, we're going to let that situation know where we stand. We're not adapting to you. We're going to let you know where you stand right now. If you're a parent and your kids are acting up, just say right now, say, my children are taught of the Lord. My kids will hit their mark in this earth. By faith, my family will serve the Lord. Devil, get your hand off my kids. I declare over them that no weapon formed against them will prosper. God, send laborers their way. The right relationships, divine appointments that you will use to open their eyes in Jesus' name. This is how we don't, this is what you do when you don't want to adapt to something. You feel it. This is what you do when you don't want to, if you don't like that diagnosis, don't adapt, but you can't sit there and be quiet. You got to use your words. I'm going to have Tava just sing through this one more time, just for about, about 15 seconds, because maybe at home you still have some unfinished business or in this room. You know what your situation is. I don't, but we're going to take a stand. are powerful and, uh, and there, there's a song that we sing and uh, I'm going to have Tavo just again at the end of this I'm going to have him just sing it over your life before we leave but before we even I even have him do that and we dismiss I want to give people an opportunity to do not have a relationship with Jesus the idea of God is just an idea you don't know him personally like I said earlier Jesus died on a cross to reconnect you to God where your past could not keep you separated from him any longer. All you have to do is accept what Jesus did. Put your confidence in what he did, not in yourself. All that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We're going to pray a prayer, and I'm going to ask you to mean this with all of your heart. And even for those around, I'm going to say in support of those, let's pray this together. Say this. Say, Jesus, today I receive of what you did for me. I could not earn it, but you earned it for me. So today, I call you my Lord, and I make you my Savior. I thank you that my life will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Tavo, I'm going to have you sing that. It's about a minute long. I'm going to have him sing this blessing over you, uh, and, and then and, and we're going to go from there. So go ahead. Thanks for listening. 
If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.